0: We find ourselves in a peculiar place with our gospel this morning. Mary has just learned of her pregnancy from the angel Gabriel and has been told that she's going to bear the son of God. And so she runs with haste. I would say she ran probably rather frenetically to her cousin Elizabeth's house with tons of questions and worry and anxiety and not knowing what was going to happen so she's visiting elizabeth who also is pregnant with who will be john the baptist and that encounter that i just read happened and then what happens post that piece in the gospel is the song of mary canticle 3 that we read together that is then sung and prayed by those two women together and then after that song it says that mary remained with Elizabeth for three months, and then went home. And so, thinking about that gospel and doing my studies, I found a reflection, and I want to share it with you to start off our conversation. Charles Campbell writes, the scene is absurd. The coming of the Messiah, who will redeem Israel, is anticipated and proclaimed, not by archangels, or high priests, or emperors, or even ordained preachers. Rather, two marginalized, pregnant women, one young, poor, and unwed, the other far beyond the age to conceive, meet in the hill country of Judea to celebrate, and possibly commiserate about, their miraculous pregnancies. A baby leaps in the womb, Blessings are shared, astonishment is expressed, songs are sung by two pregnant women. The story is not only odd and joyful, it is fleshy, embodied, earthy, appropriate as a forerunner to the incarnation, which derives from the Latin root carn, flesh, which is also the root of the word carnival, In the women's actions, the world is indeed turned upside down. Hierarchies are subverted. The mighty are brought down. Two marginalized pregnant women carry the future and proclaim the Messiah. I let that percolate for a while, and the word that kept coming back to me was carnival. Carnival. And I think when I think of carnival, I don't think of uh, carnival on the hillside like we see in Mary Poppins on, in an English way. I think of the gritty carnivals that are in parking lots, and there are carnies, and they go from place to place, and they have those kind of really sketchy rides. Ones you think maybe I will have fun, or maybe I will lose a limb. And I am not a ride person, I am the purse holder. I am absolutely (laughs) terrified of rides. And I think part of it for me is that I'm frightened to death by the rush. I'm the rush and I anticipate what that is going to feel like and I don't want to experience that. I think the last time I experienced it was on a log ride with my aunt and uncle and I was like seven and I said I'm done. But normally, for normal, regular people, not me, carnivals are a blast. You have so much fun, you hear joy and laughter and the barkers and all sorts of stuff and the excitement of getting cotton candy and ice cream and candy apples and popcorn. The sugar is going and of course there's laughter and thrills and all sorts of good stuff. And those Rides go round and round and upside down and catapult you from one end of the earth to the other. And so the fact that Mr. Campbell here describes what is happening between Mary and Elizabeth as a carnival its quite amazing. Because yes, indeed, what the baby Jesus will bring is something that is going to turn our world upside down, turn our personhood upside down, but will also allow us to experience unadulterated joy. Joy that allows us to have laughter and excitement and that rush, maybe from adrenaline, but possibly also from the sugar high that we get at carnivals, but that rush of love in our lives. These two women had no idea the people their children would become. They were small and insignificant. The town of Judea, at that time, small and insignificant compared to Jerusalem. Tiny. And those babies growing inside of them, well, we know they start off microscopic, teeny tiny, and grow to be seven, eight, nine pound babies and then much bigger. And I think about the parable of the mustard seed that Jesus will then teach us about as he is an adult. And how that tiniest of seeds grows into this great plant and provides for all the creatures around it. And something so tiny grows so great. Jesus, so tiny, becomes so significant in the lives of his family, the community, and the world. And so I think about that wonder in our our own lives. We too started off pretty insignificant, little teeny tiny, and none of us knew where we would land or where our children would land, but we know through our love and nurture and dedication for one another and for God's people, that we are all significant. We are all beloved in God's eyes. This carnival of life needs small wonders. This carnival of life does need to be turned upside down every now and then to to shake us out of complacency. Carnival of Life needs worship and song. If you think about it, Mary and Elizabeth possibly had the very first Christian worship. They gathered together to hear the good news. That good news was the leap inside of them, the joy that was expressed. They prayed, they shared with one another, they sang. That is what we do when we gather together. We gather, we worship, we pray, we sing. Sounds the same. The hard part about this fourth Sunday of Advent is we're already at Christmas. I had to go unplug the Christmas trees in the big church, because we're not there yet. But we're so close. We're so close. Our radios have changed formats, and it's Christmas music 24 hours a day. Maybe all your stuff is wrapped and ready to go, mine is not. But the anticipation and the back and forth and the tension between waiting for our Lord and Savior and already being there gets us caught just a little bit. And so we have just a few more hours to prepare and to wait with, ante- with anticipation our Lord's birth. And I think these two women remind us that no matter what little thing is going on and how insignificant or pushed to the side it might be, it does have a great place in our life. And maybe we can just take a breath and see all around us what is happening. What are those little things? Who are the people around us? What might they be experiencing right now? For we know Christmas will come rather quickly and it will end just as fact. Yes, there are 12 days, but usually people pull it all up the day afterwards and say, ah, it's been up since Thanksgiving, I'm done. But it's not, it's just the beginning. Mary and Elizabeth start this process for us, gathering and worshiping and praying and hearing the good news and singing this song that will turn our life upside down. That is a ride that I'm willing to go on because I know my faith will be strengthened and my life will be changed and renewed. Join me. Join me for this ride. It will be one to remember. Amen.